0: My name is Vina. For tonight's podcast, my very first full length podcast, we're gonna travel to Paris, the capital of France. For this episode, I should like to call it Paranormal Paris. Oh yes, the city of lights, the city of love, and definitely the city of the dead. Tonight we are going to discuss three well known morbid, and dark Parisian tourist attractions that reportedly have some interesting ghost activities. Then we will discuss three interesting but not necessarily paranormal restaurants. And last but not least, we will discuss the makeshift memorial marker for Princess Diana, all in an effort to help you plot and plan your future Dark corners travels. Now granted because of COVID, Europe is close to us, but one day it will be open and there will be a vaccine and when that happens, whether or not Paris is on your old, your new, or your someday bucket list, hopefully this podcast will give you some great ideas of places to visit. Now I've been to Paris twice and both times, sadly enough, I have not seen what's on our first Parisian paranormal destination, the catacombs. Paris's catacombs is located underground and is the host of the remains of 6 million people. The catacombs itself is a series of small tunnels set in ancient stone quarries. This ossuary was created as an effort to relieve the city's overcrowding cemeteries. Now, obviously being extremely gothic and dark, it does actually come to a little surprise that people actually used to hold meetings and concerts down here and I have no doubt some type of dark shady rituals as well but one of the scariest moments associated with the catacombs is the story of the found video camera back in the early 1990s a group of self-proclaimed cataphiles side note cataphiles are people who frequent the catacombs and study it they found a video camera just lying on the floor To their surprise, the camera had actual footage on it, so naturally they hit the play button. As they watched the video, they heard some disturbing noises that they could not account for, and it became apparent that the man holding the camera was lost, lost and going insane trying to escape. The video ends abruptly with the man dropping the camera, and to this day, no one knows if the man managed to escape alive. It is believed that this incident inspired the movie, as above, so below. It is also believed that if you are in the catacombs after midnight, the walls of the catacombs begin to speak. The disembodied voices will try to persuade you to go deeper and deeper into the catacombs, so deep, in fact, that you will not be able to find your way out. There is also a famous ghost in his story associated with the catacombs. During the French Revolution, a drunkard by the name of Philibert went looking for some liquor in the middle of the night, basically a midnight run without the convenience store, and somehow he made it down into the catacombs. With just a single candle, Philibert became lost and confused in the otherwise pitch-black tunnels. Being drunk, many believed Philibert accidentally blew out his own candle, leaving him in the dark and making it virtually impossible for him to find his way out his body was found 11 years later by cataphiles determined to find out who he was and using the hospital key ring on his belt they worked backwards to learn of his identity philibert is currently buried where he died in the catacombs and legend has it that every november 3rd philibert's ghost Haunts the tunnels, reliving his final night. Today, it is considered a museum. The walls, from top to bottom, are created by the skulls and the bones of the French people. It is not for the faint of heart, nor is it for anyone who suffers from claustrophobia. It is also not wheelchair accessible, as it is 131 steps down and 112 steps to get back up. Average time of visits is an hour and a half. And naturally, they ask the visitors to refrain from touching the skulls and bones. Now, right now, they are not offering tours. But when they do, these tours will give you access to some curious additional attractions. One said attraction is the Sculptures of Decor. This is a wall sculpture of the Menorca Port Mahan and it was created by a man named Francis Decor. Decor was once a soldier in King Louis the Fifteenth's army and was captured by the English when they went to war. The sculpture is the prison Decor was held in by the British and when he returned home to Paris he would come down into the catacombs during his lunch hour and etch the sculpture. Another attraction is the courier's footpath which is a well that has been in existence for centuries, but it drops down into the lower levels of the catacombs and it helps give people a perspective to how deep the catacombs run. Another curious attraction is the Sassacellum Crypt. Sassacellum meaning small sanctuary in Latin. So this crypt is where they would hold mass to celebrate the memory of the dead Parisians. Basically, a mass and a mass grave. Another attraction is the Circle Pole Lamp. It is a skull sculpture and was used by quarrymen for light and airflow. But more importantly, it is a marker of where the people who were once buried in the cemetery Place de Saint Laurent were relocated. And another attraction, which is an interesting one, but not really too interesting, is the Tomb of Nicholas Gilbert. Now, He's not actually buried there, so I don't know why he has a tomb, but he does, and it's down there. And because he was once a poet, one of the verses from his poems is actually etched on his tomb. Tickets are to be purchased in advance. The price for a full ticket is 24 euro, a reduced ticket is 22 euro, and children are five euro. Now, if you purchase these last minute, the prices will go down but they only sell a limited amount of discounted tickets. To get here, you can check out bus routes 38 and 68. There is paid parking, but trust me, I would never wish driving in Paris on anyone. But you can use the Metro, which is the subway system, or the RER, which is the other subway system. And if you use the RER, you want RER Line B getting off at Denford Rochelle. You can also take a taxi, or you can take an Uber. That's right, Uber runs in Europe, Lyft does not. And yes, you can use your American Uber app over there to order an Uber. Now, if you're claustrophobic, which many people are, there are other dark and curious locations in Paris. One of them is the beautiful cemetery Pierre Lachaise. Open for business in 1804, it takes its name from Francois de la Chase a Jesuit who lived on the original site. This cemetery is considered to be Paris' most haunted cemetery, and why not? There are over 300,000 tombs in this cemetery. Basically, it's its own city. So, let's delve into this cemetery and share some of its ghost stories. One said ghost story is the story of Marcel Proust. Marcel was a highly influential writer of his heyday, obviously before podcasting and other modern-day influencers. Monsieur Prowse was a gay man who was very much in love with a gentleman by the name of Maurice Ravel. Unfortunately, it was not 2020 when these men lived or died and their relationship was frowned upon by their families. Sadly, their final wishes to be buried together was not granted. So it is said that... The ghost of Marcel and the ghost of Maurice are forever looking for each other, but never finding the other at the cemetery. Another ghost that's lingering about is the ghost of Jim Morrison. That's right, the lead singer of The Doors. He is actually buried here. And it has been said that his ghost is roaming about his tomb, but what he's looking for, I I don't know, I couldn't tell you. Another famous musician that's buried here is the Polish composer Chopin. He is buried here, and his ghostly apparition is actually spotted frequently. And as I've been to this particular cemetery, I've actually seen his gravesite. He actually has a pretty nice one. But these gentlemen aren't the only ghostly apparitions people are seeing. There are others. In addition to these guys and others, people also hear disembodied voices and now, like I said, this is kind of like a city. And like any city, there sometimes there are strange and curious things that tend to go on. So we're going to get a little wild. Oscar Wilde, that is. Oscar Wilde, the Irish poet and playwright, is also buried here. Oscar is well known for such works as The Picture of Dorian Gray, which caused a huge controversy in its publishing heyday. And he is known for the quote, Be yourself. Everyone else is taken. Now, for his tomb, strangely enough, fans of Oscars have taken to kissing his tomb to the point that they've had to place glass guards up. And despite this, the people are continuing to kiss the glass guards. Also, interestingly enough, the tomb itself looks like an Egyptian half-angel, half-demon sort of thing, and at one time it had a full set of genitals, but apparently they have since been removed. And speaking of genitals, <clears throat> <so laughs> there is a rather risque myth surrounding a gentleman by the name of Victor Noir. Now, I don't know Victor, and chances are you don't know Victor, but according to the legend, If you kiss the sculpture on top of his tomb and do some other things to the tomb, it is believed it will enhance your virility and your ability to enjoy the process, if you know what I mean. And this myth has actually driven thousands of Parisian women to his tomb to the point that their visits... Have defaced his tomb, and the authorities have had to erect get it? erect a barrier to protect the tomb. Now, I don't recall seeing his tomb when I was there in Paris, but I have Googled pictures of Mr. Noor's, Monsieur Noor's, um, sculpture on top of his tomb, and it does look like there's one area. That looks like it's been rummed a little bit in a certain area. Anywho, check out the pictures. Let's see what I mean. Moving on. Um, Some other curious facts about this cemetery. If you look closely enough and you see something that looks like a bullet hole, then chances are you're right. This cemetery was also a battlefield during World War II. Remember World War II, guys? That was the war we were trying to get rid of the goddamn Nazis. And how nice of them to pick a fight, a gunfight at that, in the middle of a cemetery. Now, another curious fact about this cemetery is that there's a gentleman by the name of Alphonse Bertillon buried here. Now, like Victor, I don't know Alphonse. You probably don't know Alphonse, unless you're into criminology. Alphonse Bertillon was the French criminologist who developed an intricate forensic method of identifying criminals. And one of these methods is still very much used today. This particular method we call the mugshot. That's right, it was Alphonse's idea to take pictures of criminals for future identification. Another famous person, a real one this time, that's buried here, is Marcel Mousseau, the French mime. Now, a lot of people don't know this, but Marcel Morceau actually worked with the French underground to help Jewish children escape France and get into Switzerland safely. And speaking of World War II and the French underground, there are actually several Holocaust memorials scattered throughout Pierre Lachey Cemetery. And to end our trip on a sad note, like we started on, started our trip on a sad note with Monsieur Proust, is the story of Eloise and Abelard. Theirs was a star-crossed Middle Ages lover's tale. Abelard was a French philosopher who was hired to teach a noblewoman named Eloise. Despite their social standing differences, the two fell in love. Their affair led to an illegitimate child and a secret marriage. But once their marriage and secret came to light, Eloise was sent to a nunnery, and Abelard was reportedly castrated. Despite this, they kept in touch via letters. In the letters, they would discuss everything from religion to philosophy, and more importantly, they would talk about how much they loved each other. Abelard died first, but when Eloise followed she was granted her wish to be buried alongside him. Now through the years, they have been moved about, but in 1817, they found their final resting place at Pierre Lachey Cemetery. Now this cemetery is free to enter, and it is open most days of the year. It is a place where you can wander about for hours and see amazing tombs and awe-inspiring gravestones. But it is also to have a map. Like I said, it's basically a city. To get to this beautiful place, the main entrance is on Boulevard Melimont. And another entrance, the pedestrian entrance, is actually conveniently located to Philippe August Station of the Paris Metro Line 2. But you can also reach the cemetery by bus lines 68, 69, and 102. So again, You can come through the main entrance, you can use the side pedestrian entrance, or you could take a bus or a taxi or an Uber. So we covered below ground, we covered above ground. Let's expand our travels just a bit. Just 30 kilometers from Paris is the Palace of Versailles. Now I have actually been to this palace and it is beautiful. This palace is one of the many palaces owned and lived in by King Louis XVI and his Austrian wife, Marie Antoinette. It was here in 1789 that the people of France stormed and took Marie, the king, and their children into custody. Since then, many, many people have reported seeing the ghost of Marie Antoinette walking around the gardens. There's even a famous case of Anne Morberly and Elaine Jourdain regarding this. In August of 1901, these two ladies were on a three-week sightseeing tour together to get better acquainted. They were hired as the new principal and vice principal for the St. Hughes Girls School in England. Now, Versailles is 2,000 acres, lots of gardens, fountains, trees, buildings. This palace is literally fit for a king and queen. And as it was, there was a little personal chateau for Marie Antoinette. These ladies, Moberly and Jourdain, decided to check out the personal chateau once belonging to Marie Antoinette. As they made their way through the gardens, the women began to notice a change in the people also in the garden. They came across a man with a pockmarked face as though he had had smallpox. And for as much as this man was a surprise to them, they seemed to be a surprise to him because he reportedly stood staring at them for some time and then he disappeared. Beyond him, there were other people dressed in 1800s clothing as well. Now, as these women were walking around, Morberly actually sees this one particular woman in the garden sketching. Interestingly enough, as this was happening, both women felt a sense of dread as they were walking about. Then they came across a footman, hmm, who had told them that they were going the wrong way. So they turned back, and shortly thereafter, the women began to feel better. Now, for some reason, the women were not exactly compelled to discuss the Curious experience immediately. In fact, it would be several months before they would mention it again. And when they do, they realize that something super unnatural must have happened to them. As two bright, educated women that they were, they decided to look into the matter further. And after doing some research, they came to believe that they somehow stepped through a space-time continuum and did in fact see what it was like in the palace during the 1790s, before the revolution. They were able to describe paths, buildings, a window in the palace itself, and a bridge that existed in the 1790s during King Louis and Marie Antoinette's reign, but did not exist in August of 1901. As for the woman Moberly saw sketching, Moberly came to believe that it was Queen Marie Antoinette herself that she saw. The women would go on to write a book about this experience called The Adventure. It was published in 1911, though they used the pseudonyms of Elizabeth Morrison and Francis Lamont. Their book was controversial, to say the least. These women were examined and questioned and for their troubles, instead of giving them the benefit of the doubt, people theorized that they were romantically involved and shared some type of delusion. Here are my thoughts. Ghost hunters are constantly talking about ghost loops and residual energies and ghosts reliving an important moment of time or important memory or somebody's death. Maybe just maybe Morbury and Jordan did step into a residual memory of the grounds of the gardens, a happy memory of the actual land itself. I think what, gets lost in our technological gains is the understanding of the impressions and the marks we live on actual living spaces. I don't know, but for all the ghost stories abound in the palace, the moberly Jourdain incident as it is known as, I think sometimes living spaces can have memories too. Now, moving beyond my thoughts, if ever you're in Paris and I do again, highly recommend you going to Paris. I do also highly recommend checking out the Palace Oversight. To get here, uh, you can take a train, which is your cheapest option. So at just a little over seven Euro for a round trip ticket, you're going to need to take the RER C line. This is the yellow line. Now you can use their Metro to get to the C line, but it is the RERC line because this line will take you directly to the palace. So we touched briefly on a tragic time in Paris with the French Revolution. Besides the royal family, many, many innocent people were killed as well when the French Revolution took an ugly turn onto itself. Straying off the dark side of things, but keeping in line with a sad moment in time is the recent anniversary of Princess Diana's death. I, of course, never knew her, but I can tell you exactly where I was when the news broke of her car accident and eventual death. She was traveling with her then-boyfriend Dodi Al-Fayed in Paris and passing through Pont de l'Alma Tunnel when the driver lost control of the car and crashed into a pillar at the entrance of the tunnel on August 31st, 1997. Her funeral was held on September 6th and was watched by over 2 billion people. During the service, her friend Elton John sang the song he had once written for Marilyn Monroe, altering some of the lyrics that were more appropriate for the Queen of Hearts, Lady Diana. And while it is not an official memorial marker, people often come and pay their respects and leave flowers in the area above the tunnel. This area above the tunnel is known as the Flame of Liberty, and initially it had nothing to do with Princess Diana. The Flame of Liberty was given to the people of France as a thank you for the Statue of Liberty the people of France gave to America. America, in turn, gave the people of France the Flame of Liberty, a life-size replica of the Statue of Liberty's iconic flame. But because of its current association of Lady Diana's death, People will refer to it as Diana's Candle in the Wind. So, if you were just as broken-hearted as I was when she died, and you should like to pay your respects, the Flame of Liberty, the Candle in the Wind, is a must-stop on your trip. To get here, you'll need to take Metro 9, getting off at Alma-Marseille, or you can take a taxi, or an Ubu. An Ubu? <laughs> an Uber! Sorry. So those are just a few dark corners in Paris. Paris, for all of its lights, still has many, many more. Now shifting gears here, and to help you get the best experience in Paris, let's talk food. I love food. You eat food. We all food for food. That's right, we all food for food. Now in Paris, you can certainly try Actual Parisian croissants, baguettes, enclairs, crepes, macaroons, cocoa vah, vin, however it goes. Um, and you can certainly order escargot and frog legs if you're daring enough. I am not. No. But you can. Anywho, in scouting out this hip happening very strange au Paris, I found three restaurants that struck my nevermore wonder list. Let's start with the Bastronome, the Bustronome. It's a gourmet in motion, literally in motion. It's a restaurant on a bus that moves around and takes you about Paris whilst you eat. And while that may not seem festive, have you seen the dining room on this bus? OMG with a French accent. They offer brunch, lunch, and dinner. Brunch is only on Sunday, but lunch and dinner actually have two services. Take a moment and check out their menu. Like I said, OMG with a French accent. Now, granted, the price tag is a bit steep, but how often are you in Paris? To inquire further, check out their website. Now, a curious little place I found that I've never been to but sounds super fun and would tickle my inner Wonder Woman is the Le Dernier Bar Avant La Fin du Monde. In English, and better pronounced, (laughs) is the last bar before the end of the world. Located at 19 Avenue, Victoria, this place is a place of cosplay. Oh, yes. Yes you are encouraged to dress up as your favorite cosplay personality and meet other people just like you. There, you can enjoy meals and drinks named after well-known heroes and villains in places such as Poison Ivy and the TARDIS. To get to this charming, fun-filled place, you could take the Metro. We're looking at Metro Line 1, 4, 77, and 14. You take the R-E-R, RER, A, B, and D, or a taxi or an Uber. But if you're more interested in feeding your dark side, then there's the Don's Lenore, Into the Darkness, dubbed as a restaurant, it is a sensory lounge and escape room. Now, they will submerge you into darkness, and as the dishes are being served by visually impaired waiters, you will be eating from a surprise menu. Now, this restaurant also offers the opportunity to explore perfume in the dark, but I prefer the other good stuff <laughs> besides smelling perfume. Anywho, um, located at 51 Rue Quin Camps, I hope I said that right, but I probably didn't, you can get here by using, guess what, the RER, getting off at Chalet uh, Las Halls using RER A, B, or D. Or you can use the metro, met- getting off at Chalet, Metro Line 1, 11, 44, 4, 7, Metro Line 11 and 1. You can also get off at Hotel DeVille or Metro Line 11, getting off at Rambarteau. Or, you guessed it. Taxi or Uber. Now I've spoken a lot about the metro and the RER. To be a uh, clear and to reiterate, the metro and the RER are subway stations or types of subways that work uh, in Paris. The metro is more for the inner city, where the RER actually is express trains connecting Paris city center to the surrounding suburbs. And this is why you would need the RER. Uh, line to get 30 kilometers outside of Paris to see the Palace Riverside. The metro has 14 numbered lines. That's how you know you're on the metro. The RER has five letter lines and that's how you know you're on the RER. But as always when you decide to go somewhere it's always best to get a little traveling guide that includes a map of all of the subway systems that um, the particular city you're choosing to visit has. Trust me, they're pretty invaluable. Now, one of the best things you can do for you and any other fellow dark travelers in your group is to get a pass for all the metros, the RER, and buses in Paris. When my family and I visited in 2006, we came through Charles de Gaulle Airport and went immediately down to the RER station and purchased the Navago Weekly Package Pass. Now this pass works strictly from Monday to Sunday, so if you're in Paris for 10 days, yes, you will have to buy a second pass, but this is so worth the money have access to all the trains, the metros, the RERs, and the bus line. Major tip for this pass, bring a passport-sized picture of yourself and everyone else intending to buy this. A photo is necessary, and having one ready to use will save you time and money. Believe it or not, I still have my Navago pass from four years ago. What I really like about it is how solid it is and how easy it is to carry around it's not a flimsy piece of paper where you've got to constantly double check if it's on you you if it's in your pocket you just you know pat your pocket and you know it's there but if you're only going to be here for two or three days or you're going to be here specifically on that overlap of the sunday monday mark then you would want to get the paris vista travel pass Just go to any vending machine in the subway system and select your your length of days and what zones you intend to travel in. If you're just staying in the city of Paris, um, you'll only need zones one through three. But if you intend to go to Disneyland, you will need a separate ticket for that. And yes, they do have a train that takes you right to Disneyland I have written it. So that's all I have for Paranormal Paris. In my next episode, as I'm not done with old Paris, I'm going to go dark. And I'm going to delve into eerie Paris. However, if you have a place that you would someday like to see where their dark corners are, or have a specific tourist attraction in mind, send me an email at wherethedarkcornersare at gmail.com. But until next time, please remember, only the few can find the beauty in the darkness, which is why I hope to meet you where the dark corners are.